G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Coming up today on The Story... One week before I went on this trip, I was doing my groceries and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and He said, you'll meet your life partner there. When I met Him, after talking to Him for a while, something in me said, this is the person. And I remember when I met Him, it felt as if I always knew Him. The Story G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, Joy Bazimatari was born and raised in Singapore. When she was a young adult, she decided to take a missions trip to India. Little did she know that she would meet her future husband there and that they would go on to be the directors of a Bible college together. We'll hear the whole story today as Joy has a chat with Karen Hunt. Now, I'm a good friend of your dear sister, Sarah Chua, and uh, yourself originally, Joy Chua, but you became Joy Basimatari. Tell us your version of the early life of Joy growing up in Singapore. Well, I was born in Singapore, and the thing with me and Sarah is we have the same dad, but we have two different moms. Uh Uh-huh. So, um, I remember when I was a kid, my dad, he took me away from my mom, my biological mom, and he brought me to the first wife, which is Sarah's mom. Yeah. And she raised me up. As I was growing up, you know, my dad would ferry me between my real mom and Sarah's mom. Wow. So, you can imagine for a kid, I grew up a little bit confused. I never really understood why he did that. But suffice to say, I grew up with Sarah and her mom and she became like my mom. The thing is, I remember, okay, the first wife, she has four children and one of them, my brother, Mm -hmm. my stepbrother, he went to India. I would be just about seven years old, seven or eight. And he went to India on a ship called the Dulos. It's this ship that goes to different parts of India and they will stop at certain parts of India. And so I remember he, he came back from that trip. It was three months and he brought back photos of India. That was South India. And as a kid, looking at those photos, I remember looking at all the mud houses and all the, you know, the poor people and all that. And I don't know why, something in me just said, I want to be there. Mm. I want to be there. So that is my earliest recollection of the India connection. Tell me, the MV Duo, so this is a missionary ship, isn't it? Yes, it is. Did you have any yeah. Christian connection prior to that? Any any faith aspect in your family at that time? Yes. Um, my parents would bring us to Sunday school when we were kids. Mm-hmm. So we basically grew up in church. So maybe as a kid, you know, you are, your spirit is alive and open. Another thing I also remember is in Sunday school, 
there was a Sunday school teacher and she was telling us like a Bible story, just a, a Sunday school story about a little girl who looked different from the rest of her friends. Yeah. She had brown eyes and and so she would ask her mom, like, Mom, why do I look different? My friends have blue eyes, I have brown eyes. And the story goes on that, you know, when she, when she grew up, she became a missionary where she would have to wear um, certain clothes that would cover her entire face except her eyes and she would be able to bring Bibles into the country. Mm. So that is a, is, a, is a children's story. But I remember when I heard it, that just connected with me. And I also didn't know why. So, I mean, looking back now, I think I can see it. I can see how God has been planting the seed in me even when I was young. So that obviously sounds like a, a true inspiration and something that you aspired to from a young age. Beyond the Bible stories, mm-hmm. what other things did you enjoy as a kid? What did you love? I love singing to myself. Yeah. I love like imagining that I'm not where I was. Mm-hmm. Like there would be some place somewhere else. You had a creative mind by the sound of it. I think so. I love to doodle in class. Uh-huh. When I was sitting in class, I would doodle. I would sing. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember I was in choir, in the school choir when I was a kid. So I enjoyed singing and reading. I like to read and write stories. Hmm. Here you are aspiring one day, perhaps getting into missionary work. You've mentioned to me that you went to university in Singapore. What did you study there? I studied English language and economics. And what were you hoping to do with that? Well, I thought that um, they were very safe causes meaning that, okay, maybe with this I could get a job as a teacher. So it wasn't so much that, um, like for economics, it wasn't so much that I truly enjoyed the subject, but it was more for pragmatic reasons. <laughs> Did you ever imagine that you would be the director of an international Bible training college one day? No, <laughs> no. But I did think to myself that, oh, how I wish I could just sit and study the Bible the whole day and be paid <laughs> for it. When I was working as a vet nurse in yeah. Singapore, oh. I was behind the receptionist desk and like, oh, I just want to study the Bible and somebody will pay me for it. That will be my <laughs> dream job. How yes. long did you stay involved within the veterinary area? I was there for five years, but I remember after three years, God told me it was time to move on, but I didn't. Um, I was just in a state of inertia. What happened next? Um, I left the vet and I started working in some office jobs, mm-hmm. hoping to pick up my salary a little, but I found that I just wasn't happy in those jobs. I was just not cut out for administrative work, paperwork and all that. During this time, I think there was something in me that was crying out. I think God was, you know, leading me and speaking to me. I remember I was sitting with a group of friends. Mm-hmm. That would be sometime in 2004. And I said, um, you know, I just want to go on a mission trip. So they asked me, oh, where do you want to go? I said, India. 
So they started giving me like phone numbers and say, oh, you can call this person. Why do you call this person? I know this person, you know, takes people to India for mission trips. So I, I had a few options. And I remember I was sitting in front of the computer and I had two options to either go to Chennai or to go to Assam in Northeast India. And even at that time, I don't know why, but something in me said, not the one to Chennai, go to the one to Assam. At that point, I didn't know that it was God. I thought, hmm, it's just me. So anyway, I went on that trip in 2005, January, and there I met Gyan. So he was, he is, the bishop's brother. So they were introducing us, like um, the bishop, the lady, she was introducing us and say, oh, this is my brother. And okay, all right, she can, she can. And I remember my friend was joking. She said, oh, look, the bishop's brother is pretty handsome. And I looked at him and I said, ah, oh, it looks like my dad. You're meeting the bishop of, help us understand the context. She is, the bishop of the Lutheran churches uh-huh. in India. Okay. And she has about 53 congregations under her. Mm. So at that time, they were holding a conference. They were celebrating their annual conference in Assam yeah. in a village called Koila Moila. Um, my friend in Singapore, he visits them regularly to hold conferences and crusades. So at this point, he took five of us from Singapore, all of us first time on our mission trip, young, you know, and he brought us there. What an eye-opener, so eh? Yeah, it was. It, it certainly was for somebody from Singapore. Mm-hmm. Now, Gyan wasn't supposed to be there. What I understood later was the Bishop Pogyan said, um, you know, I have some friends from Singapore, I have some guests coming. Why don't you just be with me and just help out, you know, just entertain them and just... <laughs> so, one week before I went on this trip, yeah. I was doing my groceries and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, you'll meet your life partner there. Was Gyan a pastor at that time? Yes, <laughs> He was a yeah. He was a pastor in a church in Assam. When I met him, after talking to him for a while, something in me said, "This is the person." And I remember when I met him, it felt as if I always knew him. You're listening to the story. Today, Karen Hunt is chatting with Joy Basimatari, who was born in Singapore and is now the director of a Bible college in India, along with her husband. We'll hear more of her story when we return. The story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're continuing with Karen Hunt chatting with Joy Bazimatari, who was born and raised 
in Singapore. Before the break, we heard how she decided to go on a missions trip to India and met her future husband there. Now we're going to find out how their relationship grew after they met. So how long were you there for, for that initial mission trip? I was there for just three days. I knew it was him, (laughs) which is a little bit scary, isn't it? And then you went back home three days later? Yes. And the interesting thing is how you really know it's God because I didn't ask for his number. He didn't ask for my number, Mm -hmm. but somebody gave me his number. (laughs) Yeah. So here I was back in Singapore. There he is in Assam in a village called Koila Moila. Mm-hmm. And I have his name card with me. And I'm praying. I'm asking God, God, is this the one? What do I do now? Should I make the first move? I thought girls are not supposed to make the first move. So I prayed. And because there was a little bit of fear in me after a series of bad relationships, I just thought, you know, is this going to be another one of those. So I prayed and God showed me a verse from James, which said that every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of light, in whom there's no shadow of turning. And to me, that felt that this is a good and perfect gift. Mm. Number one is, number two is from God. And number three, there's no change, no shadow of turning. It will not be given to me and then taken away. Mm. So that gave me the assurance that You know, I wasn't some girl on the mission trip and trying to hook up the pastor. Mm -hmm. So I text him. I text him and I said, thank you for hosting us. I'm compiling the photos. Would you like me to send you the photos? (laughs) And he received that graciously? Yes, he replied immediately. So now he has my number. (laughs) So he replied with a text message and said, um, yes, thank you. Thank you for coming here and bringing smiles to the people. And then the next morning, he texts me again. <laughs> he texts me with a good morning text. I thought, okay, this is interesting. <laughs> Not everybody will give you a good morning text. Well, after that, we we basically just kept texting each other. And I think after a while, we figured out, you know, this was leading to somewhere. And three months later, he called and he said, would you, would I, you know, like to take this further? And he said he's a pastor. He said that he doesn't have a lot of money. He asked me, if I sleep on the floor, are you willing to sleep on the floor? And are you willing to eat anything, eat the local food, the Indian food? So I said, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so it was a long-distance relationship for two years, uh-huh. and we finally got married in 2007 in India. 6,000 villagers came. How did your Singapore family react to the news that you were getting married and moving to India? They were worried. They had all these stereotypes of an Indian, and so they just laid it on me. But I prayed and I said, God, if this is from you, then you have to open the door. Mm. And so finally they did. Yeah, their hearts melted and they figured that I'm an adult. So my mom actually came down to India for the wedding, which is quite a big thing. Now this is your biological mom? Yes, my biological mom. Mm -hmm. And your dad as well? No, my dad, he was um, back in Malaysia. Okay. 
Yeah, so just my mom came down and one friend from Singapore mm-hmm. came to the wedding. 6,000 villagers, three days of dancing. It was like your typical Indian wedding, lots of dancing and music and shoulder shrugging. <laughs> shoulder shrugging? So, yeah, all the dancers. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, Gyan is actually from a tribe called the Boro tribe, B-O-R-O. Yeah. And they hail down from the Mongols, the Mongolians. Huh. So after we got married, we moved back to Singapore because I had a bank loan, my university loan. By now, I still hadn't paid it back. And it was something that was weighing on me. You know, we both thought to ourselves, we, we can't really fly and take off in our ministry as long as we have this debt in Singapore. So we went back to Singapore and it's a bank loan that I have for the past 10 years. So we prayed and I took an office job again. Um, God's hand was there. I mean, he just provided. And in two years, I repaid the loan which I couldn't repay for the past 10 years. Congratulations. And what was Gian able to do during this time? He tried to look for jobs in Singapore, but he was unable to. And we also tried to apply for a permanent residency status for him, mm-hmm. but it got rejected. But during this time, he volunteered at our church in Singapore and they also put him on uh, on staff. Yeah, they put him on, on staff for a few months. After a while, he had this desire to go to Rema Bible College in Singapore. So he signed up for the Bible College and I remember every day he would come back and he would look so excited and you know overflowing and sharing with me what he learned and here I was you know working at the office job and I felt like I was um, the only one bringing back the bread yeah supporting the family Mm -hmm. so he could see that you know I was a little bit like there was a this like resentment Mm. and then he said do you also want to join me at Bible College I said, yeah, of course, but how can two of us stop working and both of us go to the Bible school? Yeah. And he said, why not trust God? If that's your desire, just mm-hmm. ask God and he'll do it. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay. And I prayed and I felt that, yes, this is what God wanted. So I quit my job. So now both of us were not working and both of us were in the Bible school. Did your joy return though, Joy? Yes. The moment I left my work and I joined the Bible school, I felt like I was in my sweet spot. Mm. I felt alive again and mm-hmm. I knew like my I was back on track. It was the most amazing 10 months and God supernaturally provided. We paid the, the college fees and you know our own expenses, our house rent. We were there in Singapore for three years. After we both graduated from the college, we knew that we were not supposed to be in Singapore anymore. Like as if that God had a calendar for us yeah. and we, we had to follow his timing, his calendar. So we both knew that, okay, now this is the time to move out of Singapore and we will go to India. 
So did you both know that India was the destination to return to? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was like without the shadow of a doubt. We knew it was India. And because Gyan, Gyan also always had a desire to bring the word back to his people. Mm. Yeah. So now you're the directors of Arima Bible Training College. Now, the one in Shillong, I believe, is an extension of the Rima Bible Training Centre, what in Singapore and India. Shillong itself, which part of the country is that located in? Shillong is in the state of Meghalaya and it is in northeast India. We are near um, Burma, Tibet, mm. Nepal. China. And this is one of over a hundred international campuses worldwide. Would that be right? Yes. Yeah. And when I do a little bit of research, I I find out that Rhema Bible Training Colleges have trained like over 41,000 men and women to fulfill God's plan for their lives. You guys are just two of those. And now you're directors helping to train and teach others. Yeah, um, it's quite an awesome job. As I said, we both knew that we needed to bring the word to India. And so we, we moved to Shillong. And right now we have students, even though we are in Northeast India, we have students coming from all over India, from the south, from central. And many of them are, even though they are Christians, they are what we call nominal Christians. Mm -hmm. You know, they they may not know about the born-again experience. Some of them, some of them even said that before they came, they have never read their Bible, but yet they have been in church their whole life. Yeah. And... You can see like the testimonies that come, they are just um, in love with the gospel again. That's, how, that's the best way I can put it. The Bible is alive. We are excited for them. We keep reminding them that here at the Bible school is just the beginning. And the work begins when we send them out, when they leave the school. So yes. a part of that joy is taking the gospel in the demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit. That's a big focus of what you guys do and teach and train as well, isn't it? Yes. We want our students to know not just the, the Word, but also the power of God. Mm. We want them to, to see healings. Some of them have never experienced um, God's healing power until they came to the Bible school. We tell them that this is the gospel and that the the Bible is not just a dead letter, Mm. but with the Holy Spirit, you know, they they can move in signs and wonders. Mm -hmm. So you really are helping to prepare the people there for a kingdom eternity. You're doing great things, Joy. It's really exciting to hear and like we said, there are more than 100 international campuses worldwide, but there's something very special happening in your very unique pocket of the globe. Joy, it's been a pleasure to have you join me this morning. I pray God's favour and blessing on you and Gyan and also your little girl. What's her name? 
Nigella. Nigella. God bless you guys. Bless your family and may he continue to guide you as you oversee together the Rhema Bible Training College there in Shillong and follow the purposes he has for your lives. Thank you, Karen. That was Karen Hunt chatting with Joy Bazamatari, who was born in Singapore, and now she and her husband are the directors of a Bible college in India. It was great to trace her life journey and how God directed her steps along the way, steps that led her to her future husband and to the very fulfilling work of training others in the Bible and ministry work. Of course, teaching the Word of God is one of the most important and powerful things we can do in life because we know it will be effective and impacts lives. God says in the book of Isaiah, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us for Joy's Story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. And suddenly it hit me, just a minute, this uh, hobby you've got, photography, you're spending all your time and money on that. How much are you giving to the Lord? So um, I gave away the cameras, I gave away darkroom equipment and said, right, I've become a Christian. I have no time for this sort of stuff. It's become a God and uh, I just want to serve the Lord. Award-winning Christian photographer Raymond Williams joins us next time to give us an overview of his amazing life journey. He's photographed everyone from Cliff Richards to Princess Diana and has taken photos of historically significant events like the 1968 Billy Graham crusade and Cyclone Tracy in Darwin in 1974. Raymond will share all the stories behind the photos next time. The The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life.